Javier, welcome, welcome back to the show. Not your first time, but uh, no, <laughs> not my first, not my last. Do you it feel may like be my best? Do you feel like this is punishment somehow every time you have to come on my podcast? Sometimes, 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 yeah. When I don't let sometimes. you talk, <laughs> well, well, when I can't hear you. Can you hear me now or no? I can hear you. Okay. Little, 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 little Tony. All right. <laughs> all right. So first of all, coronavirus. Uh, haven't you had like two vaccines and then you just got coronavirus again? Or no, you got it for the first time, but you had two vaccines. Yeah. So how, how is that? Because I'm still battling. People are wondering where I've been for a while. It's because I look like uh, Frankenstein with these freaking lymph nodes uh, hanging off the side of my uh, jaw. So I've been taking all kinds of medicine trying to get rid of those. And that's thanks to the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. The very next day, I started getting, like, I literally had maybe 15 swollen lymph nodes. Did you know you had 15 or more swollen lymph nodes? Or, or sorry, uh, lymph nodes around your throat? No. Oh, yeah. You got a bunch of them. Oh. <laughs> they were all swollen. Yeah. And they did all the blood work and everything. And everything, thank God, was perfect. So, like, I wouldn't have probably gotten so much blood work and so many tests. But, Yeah. I'm still faced with that. So I'm vaccinated and I haven't had coronavirus and I'm suffering. So I can imagine you, uh, you just got coronavirus. What was that like considering that you've had two vaccines? It was nothing for me. It was just nothing. a headache. Yeah, it was like uh, the only thing uh, was quarantined, you know, but I've been taking my vitamins, vitamin D, vitamin C, turmeric, you know, Immuplex, yeah. you know, B12, you know, um, uh, zinc, because I heard all those are good to take. So I was taking those religiously. And, of course, then I had two shots. Like I said, one in Abu Dhabi with the Chinese version back in November when supposedly they didn't have the shots, but I took it back in November in Abu Dhabi. Remember that. And then in June, my doctor in San Jose checked my levels, and he said I, that my levels are low. I better re take another shot. So I did the Moderna, the two-shot process. So I figured I was good. But uh, apparently I wasn't. Um, no. So and I think it's probably a different strain. You know, they, they said there was the Delta strain and another one that was going around. But I think I think and this is me thinking me not knowing because I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I think because I had the the shot and because I've been on my vitamins that it didn't hit me that hard because of that. Now, I could be wrong and maybe it was just my vitamins or maybe it was the shot. I don't know. All I know is that I didn't get it bad at all. At right. all, period. Well, your body's been fighting this, like, the anti, I guess, corona for so long. It's probably like, you know, once it got the actual coronavirus, it probably was like a little bit more immune to it, even though you did get a uh, positive result. Yeah, I tested positive and I had the corona. And then uh, once the headache went away, I retested and I tested positive still. So it took a while. So I, from what I've been hearing, you're going to go even months after you can test positive, you know, and uh, on different tests, you can test positive, negative, positive, negative. So, you know, it's going to be a fun ride to see what's going to happen. All of a sudden, you know, I, I'm, I'm supposed to leave to Moscow uh, next week and I'm supposed to take the test. I'm kind of curious to see if I'm going to do a positive or a negative, you know, and then when I come back from Moscow to Dubai again, it's the same one. thing going to happen to me yeah. again. And then what about when I go home? Am I going to be positive or negative? You know, I don't know, man. I don't like, I don't like that type of uh, scenario because I'm healthy. There's nothing wrong with me, but I could test 
positive, you know, uh, even though I'm fine. I mean, there's multiple problems here. First of all, when you're traveling, the biggest problem is if you test positive, you're stuck. So like, you know, you have your scheduling, your, your travels, and then you're going to be in this place and that place and this place and that place. If you test positive, you might be stuck for two weeks wherever you, you are. And that, that's a big problem because yeah. you might not want to be in Moscow for two yeah. extra weeks or be stuck somewhere else. And then now also with the fighters, you know, you're training the fighters. Th there's an issue there too. You don't want to test positive and then have to not train them for a while. So it's kind of a crappy thing to be in. Well, the thing is, I can... I can be around the fighters because I'm not I'm not contagious. Yeah, but I but I mean if you, test, you positive. test positive, even though you're not, you know, you're not. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm not, I'm not contagious at all. It's just that I could test positive gotcha. because I've had it before. I've, I've I've had so many people that have had it say they kept testing positive even though they had no symptoms and they couldn't give it to anybody or anything. So yeah. it could happen to me too. I'm just kind of saying that because it might happen to me, but I hope not. Like our jiu-jitsu head coach, Ron Kessler, he didn't want to come to Dubai because, he, you know, he's had corona. And he goes, man, if, what if I get over there, then all of a sudden I test positive and I can't come home yeah. for two weeks. Right. I go, yeah. So he's not coming. He's not coming uh, for, for the these these week's fights, you know, because of that very reason. Yeah, but Dubai is amazing. <laughs> what, what, better <laughs> what, what better place to be stuck for two weeks? Yeah, that's true. But when you have a family, you know, and, and you got responsibility, that's a whole different ballgame. Well, at least you're healthy. At least things are good. So that's obviously a step in the right direction. Seems sounds, sounds like uh, it's just a, a test result. It's not like uh, you're getting actual sick or anything. So uh, let, me, no. let, me, let me make sure this is correct because I want to. I want to. Um, I've been out of the loop a little bit um, because of uh, all this other shit that's going on. But um, so we have we have Islam, obviously. We have Zuba. And we have Tajir, right? Is that am I missing? Am I missing anyone, or is those the three guys we have coming up here at two six seven? No, that's the only three guys we have. Yeah. Okay, cool. I didn't want to make sure I miss anyone. And how's how's camp going with everybody? How's everybody looking? How's everything going? Um, how's Islam? Of course, the number one our 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 number one uh, asked about uh, podcast request. How's he doing? He's doing great. He, you know, he's looking good. He's in shape. His uh, mental's great. His uh, you know, he's just. He's just so well-rounded, this guy, you know. It's yeah. like so easy to train him because he's easy. He's easy to train. He's just low-key, yeah. you know, low-key guy. But, you know, to me, uh, he's the heir to that lightweight title, just like Habib was. He's the same. You know, it's just a matter of when he gets the title, when he'll win the title, not, not if he's going to win. No, he will win it. He just has to get there. Yeah, no. And then how's camp going for him as far as uh, compared to previous camps? And, and what are we expected to, to see here on, uh, was October 30th? The last time he had camp uh, was when he fought in Vegas against Tiago Moses. And um, camp's, uh, you know, right on, right on course, just like the last one, you know, smooth. Last one was in Vegas. Um, this one's here. I was part Dagestan part here. Uh, he's on track. He has more coaching as far as coaches available to him. Yeah. We have this, uh, new coach called safe. Uh, and he's a former, uh, you know, Taekwondo world champion, a bronze medalist. And, uh, I don't know, I think 2008 Olympics or something like that. Okay. And, uh, he's a hell of a coach and he's helping him with Taekwondo and drills, stretching drills and the whole bit. Then he has me and Habib. And then, uh, we have another coach, uh, called Muhammad, uh, who's like the head coach at, at Eagles MMA over there. Um, you know, the head coach really is Habib. Uh, but, but 
there's a whole bunch of coaching now that's going on at uh, at in Dagestan, you know, with Habib's gym. He's got a hell of a program over there. So, so Habib is with you now in um, Dubai. I see that. So he's helping coach the team there. What's the big difference between the the camps in Dubai? I'm sorry, the camps in Dagestan versus the camps in Dubai. Like, is there a huge difference? Well, it, see, since I never really did a full camp in Dagestan because I got the COVID, I was mostly there three, four days, and I got it. <laughs> So there wasn't really any camp there. So uh, I can tell you uh, this is more concentrated on these guys over there. It was more concentrated on the whole team. You know, uh, there were so many guys, 60-something guys, professionals, all badasses, yeah. you know. So here it's more like a smaller group, 20 of us, you know, and it's more concentrated on Zuba you know, Islam, Tahir, and uh, there's a few other ones that are fighting, Imar Shafi and Amaru, you know, who, who's fighting, and, and um, also Hadi, Hadi Omar, who is also from Dubai, who's fighting in the UAE Warriors event over here. So we're focused on those guys. Yeah, and then so for, for those listening, I can't believe we're even on Skype right now because I, I didn't even think about it, but you're in Dubai, which is my second home, and Dubai bans all video platforms. So I'm surprised we're even actually having this podcast on Skype because Skype's supposed to be banned. Um, Telegram, Botem is the is the main version. So the audio is great. So for those of you guys tuning in, if the video uh, kind of like lingers or, or I guess uh, – uh, pauses for a second. Just just bear with us, guys. Um, the audio should be good. We should have good audio. But yeah, I wonder why Skype's even working. I didn't even think about that until right now. Um, but usually it doesn't work. It seems like that probably explains why you kind of you you know it sounds like they block everything. Echoing. Yeah, they block everything. So so what are we expected to see with Dan Hooker? I mean, he poses a lot of threats in different areas. Um, he's he's well rounded. Um, what is what do you see as uh, I guess strategically what you're working on uh, without giving anything away? And then how do you see the fight going um, from your standpoint? Well, I mean, Islam's so good. Islam can stand with him and do well there. And if not, if potentially not even beating him, you know, he could potentially do that. But what's the point? You know, he can't hang with us on the ground. Yeah. So why sure. are we going to do something he can't do? Right. You know, why are we going to do something he can do? He could stand with us. He can potentially beat us. Why are we going to stand? There's no secret what we're going to do. And there's no secret what they're going to do. Why would they want to take us down yeah. to see how to prove their ground? Go ahead. Even <laughs> if you did take them down, <laughs> what's going to happen is you're going to get reversed right away. And it just doesn't work. So, you know, he's going to try to stop the takedown, try to catch us coming in with maybe a hook, knee up the middle, or, or, you know, or anything. I mean, the guy's a warrior. He's a true warrior and he's a true fighter. And uh, taking uh, the fight on short notice, the guy talks what he does. He says, I'll fight anybody, blah, blah, blah. And look, he's doing it. Yeah. So happy to him. How can you not respect him? Uh, you know, he's, he's not shying away. And there was a point there when he was maybe uh, his camp was, uh, or not his camp, maybe his management was avoiding the fight because it didn't make sense. Now it makes sense because Islam is higher ranked than him. So now yep. it's, it's, yep. uh, it's five, I, I was chasing you. Now you're chasing me, yeah. you know, and, and that's the way, you know, a lot of these fighters are, you know, it's like none of these fighters, in my opinion, are afraid of each other. It's just that the management or, or, or they, the fighters themselves feel, well, that's not the good fight for me to get to the title. Everybody, everybody, everybody wants the title. We know that everybody wants the title. So whatever is going to get them closer to getting that title, that's what they're going to do. And if they're not ready for that individual, they're not afraid. They're just not ready. Yeah. And Dan Hooker. Uh, from what I hear, like, and and he's actually done it. Uh, I'll fight anybody, anytime. 
and he's doing it. And he's taking the most dangerous, uh, touted guy that's out there right now, which is Islam. Everybody's talking about Islam going to be the champ. And look, he stepped up to the plate, no problem. So the man says something and he does it. Got to respect that. And it makes for a dangerous uh, element to the fight as well because I think one thing that concerns me on the fight, if there's anything that concerns me, obviously I feel like Islam's better in every area, but uh, I think what, what, what can concern me is the fact that Dan Hooker has nothing to lose. And when you have a fighter who has nothing to lose, and I mean he has something to lose, don't get me wrong, but I'm saying when you're fighting Islam, you're not going to – it's not like if you lose – especially you can actually lose and improve you know, your your – credibility as a fighter if you fight a, a tough fight and, and go really hard and, and maybe even have a couple close uh, you know chances to win or whatever so I feel like he's in a position to cause problems where some other fighters that might be higher ranked might play it safer and not not take the risk that I think Hooker might take because he again doesn't really have you know if he, everyone's just saying he's going to lose he's expected to lose so that that's kind of a weapon he's using I think probably on his on his side what do you think I agree. I agree. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think he he's going to be cautious. I think he's going for it, yeah. and, and I, I don't think he he's afraid to go to the ground. I think he feels if he goes to the ground, he's going to get back up and then do his damage again, like he like he's planning on. Yeah. I don't think he's thinking he's going to keep his stand up. I think he's going to think he's going to go down. He's going to go up. He's going to go down. He's going to go up because um, he's not the hardest guy to take down. You know, he's got a decent takedown defense. He doesn't have a great takedown defense. So I believe he believes that uh, what do I got to lose? I just go out there and, and, and uh, go to win. And uh, I believe that's what he's going to do. I don't think he's going to shy away from anything. I agree with you. He's coming. Has anything changed with uh, Islam as far as, I mean, you know, you, you, you've seen more champions, I think, be made than anybody. I mean, you, you've built more champions and, and seen more superstars and even stars like your boy here who was never a champion. But quite the podcaster and gym builder over here. Um, but my point is, um, has, have you noticed a difference in Islam? Has he changed any um, as far as, I mean, I'm not saying, trying to find something negative here, but maybe positive as well. Has, has he changed any in this growth of following in Habib's footsteps and then Habib retiring and then him having all the pressure on himself, him being a superstar? Um, has anything changed? Yeah, he, he's changed in abilities, but not as a person. Still the same guy. Right. So he hasn't let it got, got to his head or anything? and No, not at all. Not at all. Still same, approachable, super nice guy. Doesn't think he's a star. Uh, just just, just a great guy. It's, the only thing about him that I notice is he's not big on interviews. You know? Yeah, I've not noticed that too. <laughs> big on interviews. That's it. That's, you know, that's, uh, he'll do them when, when he has to do them. But, but uh, he's, he's just a shy guy. I don't think he feels comfortable the fact that uh, he can't speak English as well as he'd like. When he does uh, uh, Russian uh, interviews, he's more comfortable because he can convey what he wants to say. When he does English ones, it's a little hard for him because he can't convey the same. You know, he doesn't feel comfortable because he doesn't. There's words he can't put together that he wants to put together. So he's not as comfortable doing them. So his English needs to improve and his knowledge of the questions being asked to reply in English, it's hard for him. So he doesn't. He, he likes answering correct questions, and it's a yeah. little difficult for him. He's told me that on, on numerous occasions that that uh, coach, I have a problem with that. And uh, he, you know, he, he wants to come across well spoken, right. and you know, and I understand that at times he doesn't. You know, it's like me, right? People want me to do English, uh, Spanish interviews. Uh, do you know how many I ignore? <laughs> wow, English <laughs> interviews. Oh yeah, no problem. Spanish yeah. interviews. 
I'll be honest with you. I've only done a few in my whole life because I just don't feel comfortable right. because I just, you know, I'm Mexican and I can't even speak Spanish that well. Well, now, because you're telling everybody, but before that, they thought you were well, completely yeah, like singing salsa and well, I guess you sing salsa. <laughs> you dance salsa. You eat salsa. Um, anyway, so, so um, yeah, so, so I understand that. And I want to say for the record that I did have probably one of the very few, if not only, uh, podcast with Islam set up ready to go from you you set it up you made it happen or was going to make it happen and his freaking fight with RDA fell through and it was like literally a day before we did the podcast so we were very very close so hats off for that thank you appreciate it and we'll get him eventually and I totally understand you got your career and you know when you're a top celebrity especially going up the ranks like he is you don't want to get taken out of context and the media is just waiting to take you out of context and, and they're just waiting for you to slip up and say something and it's very easy I think with a language barrier to say something you might not mean come across a little too arrogant come across a little insecure and then all of a sudden boom it's a headline and then so I, I, I totally get it I get it yeah I mean, he, he's the greatest guy. He really is. But he just, you know, like I said, he he, he likes being comfortable, and uh, you know, he he doesn't he doesn't like conveying things when he has to think about what he has to say. Right. He may say the wrong thing. Whereas Habib, Habib's the greatest at giving you you know uh, slogans that everybody still to this day yeah. uses. <laughs> Send me location. Yeah. You know. Uh, bullshit Smash. guy, you know. I Number mean, one uh, there's so much that I mean, I, I don't know one other MMA fighter that has more taglines than Abi. Yeah, he you just know, he has think a about book. It. You know, so he's fantastic in that department. Well, not everybody's Habib. You know, Islam, Islam is Islam, and and uh, you know, the only one I, I remember Islam saying that it was kind of cool. You can run, but you can't hide. Yeah, you know, and uh, but that's not a, that's not a new one. That's that's old. <laughs> but it's that. true when you're fighting in the UFC because you know what? At the end of the day, there's only one champion, and if he's headed toward the championship, so it's like you can run, but you can't hide. You're either not going to be a champion yeah. or and fight him and lose or win and beat him and become a champion, or you're just not going to be in, in in the in the mix at all. That's it. Like, yeah. so he's right about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then let me ask you, let me ask you about Habib. So Habib is training and, and coaching and everything. I asked you this before. How's he doing as far as a coach, and and how how good is he progressing as a coach? Obviously, he can't be a perfect coach in the beginning, but he's he had a lot of natural talent. How is he going as this is is multiple camps in now? And he was undefeated as a coach. Well, he has he has been coaching even when he was fighting when he was with right, us back in San Jose, yep. and he's fighting after he's done his sparring. He'd come in and stick around and, and help Islam or the other Mabadoff or Abu Bakar or Umar. You know, or to hear, he's giving them advice on, or other guys. You know, so he's been coaching for a long time. Now he just doesn't spar anymore. He still grapples with the guy and dominates everybody like always. But, but actually, he lets them dominate him because lets them put him in bad positions. Whereas before, never. Yeah, <laughs> never, that would never happen. But now, <laughs> now he's because they need to learn. He smashes them, or he lets them smash him a little bit. But yeah. that's just to work. Um, but as far as what he's done, he's. Um, Another level, you know, I can say something to the guys and they'll listen. But if he says something else, they're going to go his route. So yeah. so I may be his coach, but the real coach for uh, the Dagestani guys is really him. Yeah. Above any other coach, even the other coaches that are that are really, really good. The, uh, he's the head. He's the head coach. I mean, he'll listen to me. But realistically, the guys are all going to listen to him because he's been there for them and he hooks them all up. He gets those guys all uh, money sponsorships. He just cares so much about his whole team that he goes way and above 
what anybody has ever done to, to make sure they're all taken care of. So you, if you think about that, right, here you got a guy that's not only teaching you, guiding you, but he's also supporting you. Who you so who are you going to listen to? The one coach that is just coaching you or the guy that's coaching you and survive, providing an income for you, you know, and everything. I mean, he's moral support, physical support, financial support. Yeah. He does it all for these guys. That's an incredible guy. Is he understanding that now because he's taken on coaching full time that he is giving up his entire life because of coaching? Because it's hard to have five or six guys fighting on the same card like this every single fight. And so it's like you're just fighting. You're just training one guy to another. To another. It seems like like for you trying to come to Thailand, how long did that take? I mean, it takes so like, it's like once every three years or something to get you here because you had so many guys. Is he learning? Yeah. Is he learning and adapting to the fact that he's pretty much giving away his entire life to coach these guys? Well, no. You know, what he, what he does is, is everybody's taken care of. He's got so many coaches that, that everybody has their certain uh, responsibilities. Like me, I, I'm the main one for him. So I got the main guys. That, so that's why I'm with Islam, Zubaira, and Tahir. And then, you know, there's other coaches that are taking care of, like Usman, right? Usman, his cousin, is fighting it. And Haji, right. they're fighting in uh, Bellator next week. Yep. So he has other coaches that are really competent taking care of them. But I have the most experience. So he wants the most experience with the top guys. So, I, so that's why I'm here. And then he's, he's going back and forth. And at the same time, too, he's an incredible businessman. Habib's got many businesses uh, where he takes care of many people and opening up new businesses all the time. I don't even know how many businesses he's got. He's got water, he's got vitamin, got fit row. He's, I mean, you know, I mean, the uh, list goes on and on. You know, yeah. uh, the last time he, uh, he was telling me, Coach, you, you, you look, look up here, I got, I got shops, shops. I go, what? And I'm looking and it's, there's hills, right? And I go, where's the shops? Because, yeah, I look all my shops, and I'm like, I'm looking, and, it, and it's sheep. Oh, sheep. <laughs> sheep. He's got thousands of sheep. He goes, yeah, I got thousands of shops. And I go, oh, you mean sheep? He goes, yes, sheep. Sheep. <laughs> <laughs> so there's still a language barrier there is what yeah. I'm trying to say. He's still, Even he's still, looking he's, on you know, he still doesn't explain certain things properly. And he's, he's saying, shop, shops. And I go, look at all my shops. And I'm looking at this hill, and I'm going, what you're building shops on this hill? Heck, and I see all I see is sheep. Because yeah, yeah, sheep. <laughs> That's crazy. We've got a lot of sheep. And then what about um, what about uh, the the your final prediction for his fight uh, coming up here with Dan Hooker? How do you see it going? Uh, same as always, just just he's going to drag him into deep water and drown him, or anything different? Yeah, I just don't I don't see how it stays stand up for very long at all. I think it goes down when Islam wants to take him down. Um, I don't see I don't see Dan being able to. I mean, he's a, such a master at takes downs, you know, throws and everything. I mean, if he if he doesn't take you in the wrestling move, he's going to trip you. He's going to flip you. I mean, I mean, going to you know up sweep you. I mean, there's so many ways Islam could take you down that um, you know uh, Dan's got a, obviously he's a, he's a good really good fighter, so he has opportunities where he can catch Islam. But I'm just going to say this. Dan has to knock Islam out to win. Islam doesn't have to knock Dan out or submit Dan to win. Yeah. But Dan's going to have to do that to Islam to win. He's not going to he's not going to outstrike uh, sure. Islam. He's not going to outgrapple Islam. But he could knock Islam out. That could happen. Yeah, it could always Anybody happen. Anybody can do that. 
All right, fellas, you want to help support the podcast? I know you do. All this content, all these interviews with these fantastic guests that we're putting out for you, well, now you can. And you can save 20% off and get free shipping by getting the best below-the-waist men's grooming products on the market. I'm talking about Manscaped. All you got to do is go to manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com, enter code QUICK at checkout, 20% off, and free shipping. Quick is my nickname. It is not how you use the product. Uh, don't be silly, fellas. Come on. Uh, but Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and now they have the new Lawnmower 4.0, which is next level, the best trimmer on the market ever made. What makes it different? It has skin-safe replacement ceramic blades, controllable LED lights, wireless charging dock, and a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology, and it's even waterproof. They also have a full line of hygiene and grooming products like the Shears 2.0 Luxury Nail Kit, Crop Mops, Preserver, Reviver, and a lot more. Manscaped has everything you need to appeal to your lady friend, but don't thank me. Thank yourself by going to manscaped.com, entering code QUICK, get 20% off, get free shipping. It's a win-win for you. It's a win-win for us, and you're supporting the podcast. What do you think about uh, Zuba? Zuba's fighting Ricardo. How's that plan out, you think? Well, Habib and I have been working on Zuba for a while. His mind making him stronger, making him uh, become an MMA fighter. And uh, I've been strictly uh, – this is the first time I've actually been on Zuba. I never really worked them like the way I've been working them. I've been working them a lot. And uh, the mental – the mental. more importantly, the mental. I've been doing the physical with him recently, but I'm more mental on him on this time around. And I got him dialed in right um on a barring injuries this kid this kid's ready to go and i and i predict that uh, within four or five fights if everything goes according to what i want he's gonna be fighting for a title and don't be surprised if he wins it yeah wow and then what about tajir tahir tahir's a workhorse he's a workhorse he he does everything right he he listens he ask him to do something he does it he's a workhorse man and th- this kid is in the same scenario, you know. He's only got one loss, and and uh, I think what 14, 15 fights, and he's just gonna keep rolling, man. He's gonna keep rolling. His opponent, we don't know much about his opponent, but uh, whatever it is, uh, you know, he can handle it. His boxing's coming around really well. His ground's good. His condition is good. He's healthy. I mean, yeah, to hear is just uh, he's one of the guys that uh, that's a sleeper, you know. No one really talking much about him, but. Uh, Four or five fights from now, they'll be talking about him in a title shot. I, I guarantee it. He's that good, actually. How, how is he going to be? So it's in the Eddie Hot Arena this time, right? So there's going to be the first time in Dubai in a long time, or, or the UAE, where it's a. I mean, they had a small audience in the in the um, the Yas Island, right? Before, but they've never had like a yeah. stadium like Eddie Hot before. So how many people is that, and and how's that going to affect our guys? Uh, well, I was told that for the last fight they they had. Uh, few thousand or something like that and it was really super loud and then this this one here i heard they just op- i just did an interview uh with the journalist and he said that they're opening up to eight thousand now wow. so so i don't know i mean uh, the, this is the for me that'll be the first time i've been in this arena the last time when habib fought um uh, dustin uh if i'm not mistaken it was uh it was at a, a makeshift arena that they made it wasn't that arena. I could be wrong. Yeah, but I don't think it was that arena, right? I don't. I don't know the Eddie Hot Arena to be honest. Um, I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't think it was. I think when I beat Fox, they, they, they were building something, and I think they just made a makeshift one. Yeah. And uh, because I don't think it was because we were outside in tents and everything. I remember when uh, I, I believe it was Damian Maia versus Anderson Silva. I think um, one of the, one of the Brazilian guys. And I was in Abu Dhabi uh, for that fight, and they built an entire stadium or arena, I guess, on the Ferrari Island. I guess it's probably the same thing as Yas Island. I don't know. Um, yeah. And they built the whole thing, and I covered the whole thing for the UFC. And it was they they built this whole entire complex and then tore it down for just for the fight. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 crazy. yeah. I think that's what happened with the with the the first one with with uh, Dustin and Habib. Yeah. That's probably what happened. So what about the main event? Um, obviously, it's a big main event. You got Jan, uh, who was on my show, and then Teixeira. That's a big, big fight. What, what do you what do you think about that? Uh, I think Jan is just too complete. He's getting better and better, huh? Yeah. And you know what? He's making everybody more a believer in, yeah. in him and his abilities and the fact that, you know, he deserves to be called champ. You know, and, yeah. um, you know, he, I, he actually, I'm one of them, too, that, that uh, he made a believer out of me. You know, so, you know, he's the champ for a reason because he's the best, you know, and he proved it. So, you know, and I, 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 I was sleeping on him, to be honest with you. Yeah, everyone you was, know? including Luke. When Luke first fought him, Luke was on my show. He deserves everything that comes his way. He's earned it. And uh, he's a great guy. That's he's always been a great guy. But but not only that, uh, from my perspective, he has my full support as being the true light heavyweight champion now. Yeah, I think a lot of us didn't know in the beginning. Like when Luke was on the show, um, we didn't know a lot about him, and and you know we we had to slowly learn. It's kind of like Anderson Silva. I, kind of, I mean, he's not. I'm not comparing him to Anderson, but I'm just saying when Anderson first came on the scene, it was the same situation where he had some wins and some hype and all that, but like we never knew what was to come, and he just proved yeah. himself each and every single fight. And then pretty soon, that's how phenoms are made. You know, like when they get 17 yeah. in a row, <laughs> you start believing. It's like he was talking about a long time ago about John Jones coming down the back to the light heavyweight and et cetera, et cetera. And, and my, part of me was going, well, if John Jones came back down, I don't think your chances would be that great. But now, yeah. now after I watched him do what, what he did to Izzy yeah. and what he's done to everybody before that, now I'm like, okay, he's right. <laughs> it wouldn't be so easy. So, yeah. so he's the legit champ. And uh, I don't think it matters who would have been there when he fought for the title. He might have just won it anyways. And, and uh, we, we'll never know. Uh, if he, if Jones and him had squared down, what would have happened? I can definitely say this: it wouldn't have been a cakewalk for either one of them. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. What do you think about Peter Jan and Sanhagen? Do you think that's going to be a, a, a tough fight? I mean, obviously Sanhagen's doing really well, and then Peter Jan, um, the controversial issue with uh, Sterling. Yeah, I think I think I think the number one's fighting number two. Yeah, number yeah. one, Peter Jan. He's not the champion, but he's the best best best. Uh, fighter in that division so Next best. Uh, everybody that knows knows and uh Aljamain is you know i mean who knows if he can even come back after what he's had done to him i mean he may never be able to come back and he shouldn't rush it either yeah you know his health is more important and and until he can come back or not come back we won't know but one thing's for sure this is going to be for the interim title and it's in uh, peter yan so as far as uh you know Sanhagen's concern. This is for him the title because he's yeah. actually fighting the guy that everybody considers number one. Yeah. I consider him number one. I'm sure you do too. Yeah. You know, everybody does. How can you not consider him number one? Is yeah. he the champion? No, because he he did something that you know got him disqualified, yeah. and that's his fault. So he's not the the true champion, but everybody regards him as the best, and and yeah. I do I do regard him as the best. 
I agree with you 100%. I, I think he made a stupid decision and, made, and had a bad fight, but uh, I think I think he's proven or he's proven that he is the best in that division right now, and and uh, Sterling is going to have a tough fight when he comes back. But in the meantime, obviously Sanhagen has has done an outstanding job getting where he is, and he deserves the fight. And I think it's going to be an exciting fight for sure. Um, do you think Colby has a chance to come back and beat Usman, or do you think Usman is just on a level right right now where he is the greatest welterweight um, potentially of all time, but definitely as of now and and can't be beaten? Or do you think Colby? Because I, I feel like. Usman, even though he keeps winning, does show holes. And I do think Kobe, for some reason, to in my opinion, can beat him. I, I really honestly think Kobe can be the champ and beat Usman, um, even though all signs point to Usman being unstoppable. Is that weird? Am I am I off on this? Or? Well, I mean, you're not off because Kobe's that good. But the pressure. It's just your opinion, right? It's just your opinion. But uh, from my angle, what I see, you know, the champ, he's just – I don't know, man. He he's just proven to be another level. You know, he's proven to be another level in uh, what he did to Masvidal. I mean, how oh can yeah, not be that. impressed with that? Before <laughs> that, what he did, what he did to Burns. How can yeah. you not be impressed with that? He's at another level, bro. And 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 I I just see him getting better and better because his confidence is getting better. I mean, that's what a humble champion. What no, a is. humble champion. He that is. guy. That guy. He is through and through somebody you should respect. Absolutely. And admire for how he handles himself, how he handles his family, how he handles himself in all aspects of being a champion. Yeah. How he represents his his culture, his his people, and how he represents MMA in general. I mean, yeah. that guy is a true professional. I have nothing nothing but good things to say about him. I, I he keeps improving, you know, and, and he's and he's humble for for as great a fighter as he is. He's humble, man. He's very humble. I, I, if you know him, how can you not like him? And Seriously. I, and I think the know? thing is with, with Usman, too, is a good ambassador to the sport, and he's, he's what we need as a champion. Um, you know, I like Kobe, and I think – I mean, I like Kobe as a fighter, and I think Kobe has the potential to win, and he's a very tough fighter. But as a champion, what is he going to do for the sport? Because he is on a stick. You know, it's like how long does a stick really last and this whole kind of thing that he has and what he does – when you look at a champion, you kind of want the Habibs, you kind of want the Usmans, you kind of want the guys, unlike you know, you're, you're, you're kind of what's happening with Jones right now and some other people. But, um, you know, you, with Kobe, it's like you're still going to have the stick even if he's the champion, and it's going to be it'll be interesting. But you know, it's not going to be the same ambassador-like qualities that Usman has. Yeah, well, the thing is, you know, it's like Kobe. You know, he's got his different appeal. Henry Segudo has his the cringe. You know, uh, you know, Chael Sonnen had his, you know, his his pick, you know, and and now we got Kobe with his, and they're all they're all, you know, playing something else. They really they really aren't, you know, you know, and um, out of all those, I like Chael's version the best. I think he 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 handled it the best. He was the best at it. Um, but out of all those three, the best fighter was obviously Henry Segudo because yeah. he, he proved he was the best. Yeah, you know. But the fringe, you know, I'm just saying they all have their own off persona that that's not who they really are. So Kobe plays well, who he plays, but he's I don't I don't know I don't know him, but I don't think he's really that person. I think he's just playing something he's not. Yeah, of and most people don't like him for that, you know. Um, and I don't. I'm not judging him because I don't really know. I just see what he's doing. But I respect him as a fighter because he's a hell of a fighter. I just think that uh, the champ's at another level. 
than anybody. That's all. Yeah. And then last last breakdown, um, just real quick. I got to ask you all these breakdowns when I got you on the show. Um, you got Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Uh, what do you see in that fight? Do you think Michael Chandler has what it takes to beat someone like Gaethje with that kind of those kind of strikes and coming from all different angles like that and, and Chandler, Chandler being, uh, you know, kind of, you kind of know what he's going to do. So, so I think Justin can kind of, if I was Justin, I feel like I could kind of predict kind of what he's going to do, which will help me land those big strikes. How do you think that fight's going to go? I Well, you know, Chandler's a, a hell of a fighter. Yeah. Uh, he's got good speed, good power. You know, and Gagey, uh, I don't know. I think just Gagey's got a little bit, he's got a bigger chin. And, uh, you know, he's he's fantastic at those low calf kicks. And I don't think Michael is as proficient with those calf kicks, just like I warned Habib. He's coming after your legs. He's coming after your legs. Uh, I don't think Michael's going to be able to stop him yeah. on, the, on, on those calf kicks. I, do, I really don't. Yeah. Even if you practice him, he's so damn good at him. So good at him that uh, even Habib really couldn't stop those calf kicks from coming in. You yeah. know, um, but uh, he went through him because Habib's just mentally tough. You know, but. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, uh, Justin Gagey is is is, is, is he's going to be a handful for Michael. But, but anything can happen. Michael's got the power. He's got the speed. He's got the. They both got good wrestling, you know. Um, but I think that uh, the stronger chin is definitely Gagey. Uh, stronger kicker is definitely Gagey. And I think they might match up well with the, as far as the power. I think they both have power in their in their strikes. But uh, I think that uh, Gagey has more more of a more more options to win yeah i agree with you 100 percent on that one um so what is your take on fury versus wilder did you see that fight and how absolutely crazy. i just saw i just saw it yesterday and i gotta say it Oof. was probably the greatest uh heavyweight <laughs> battle i've ever seen in my whole entire life what i oh love uh, wilder he just like you know he ain't giving up for nothing no. you have to put him out and and uh tyson fury being knocked down twice like that and coming back the way he did and and uh, I mean look at the way he was energetic popping and a guy guy six foot nine against a guy six foot seven one looked like an Adonis the other guy looked like you know like dull boy you know yeah he looked very hey but but man could he box yeah man could he box and boy did he have a heart I mean I love uh, Tyson Fury's uh, attitude I loved his fighting style. I love uh, how charismatic he is. I like he's an entertainer, man. He is an entertainer. And if you don't like him, then you really don't like boxing because he represents everything boxing should be. And and Wilder did too. Blood and guts, you know. But yeah. but Fury, he's the total package, man. The total package as far as, you know, entertainment value, boxing wise. And, uh, you know, but not bodybuilding wise, you know, he, no. you know, he, 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 he's not going to win any bodybuilding competition anytime soon. I mean, 177 pounds. Are you kidding me? You know, when's the last time we had someone 277 pounds move like that? Yeah, never. That tall. Never. Amazing. Not with that Amazing. kind of body. Amazing that kind of physique. I, think that was, I know it was the greatest fight I've ever seen in heavyweight uh, division ever, ever. Not might have been the most uh, anticipated uh, fight I've ever seen, but it was definitely the most exciting heavyweight uh, title fight I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Yeah, it's incredible. And and the way he gets up, it's like uh, T Tyson get knocked down, and it's like he's a zombie. 
Yeah. It's like it's a, it's, it's it, he comes up like with 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 new energy. It's almost like he took a nap and then he's he's refreshed. <laughs> he gets yeah. he gets up and he's a different fighter. He's, uh, he's singing at the end. The guy can sing. I mean, I wish I could sing. <laughs> <laughs> he he is he's very entertaining, man. Yeah. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool but you can't come to Thailand without coming to aka Thailand come on And then what's what's what? I uh, just I could ask you on this, just for your take on this, because DC has been vocal about it a lot too. But what's going on in your opinion with uh, John Jones, and why does some of these guys like? What is your opinion since you've since you've built so many superstars and you've had a lot of guys? You've had the opposite. You've had all the guys that were ambassadors and guys that were good for the sport and doing really well. What do you think is wrong with some of these guys like your Connors and your and your and your Jones and? Uh, I'll ask about another guy here in a second who's not near to that level. But what do you think about these guys that are getting to the top and they've been to the top and they're champions and they've done it all and then they just they crumble like this and then it's just one problem after another after another? Like what, what's causing this? And do you think he can make a comeback and, and still have a career? Or do you think – because DC said now that he's breaking the ties and with his gym and he's breaking ties with certain people, this is kind of like a slow – downward spiral where you start losing your friends you start losing your 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 burning bridges you're you're doing these things and now you have no support staff and you just kind of tumble down do you, do you think he's tumbling down now and can't come back or do you think he can pull through if he's get the right or if he got the right people around him oh i think he can pull through it but i just don't know why he is where he's at I mean, yeah you know, it is weird I right mean, he has everything and yeah, why I think so why are you at where you're at i mean i don't really know the what exactly happened but I know that it involved his family, and 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 uh, I don't know, man. It's like it's not unlike him, you know, to be in this kind of trouble. He's been in this kind of trouble his since I've, you know, been following him. It's like it's not like when it's 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 not like I mean no. It's like when is he going to get in trouble again? Not you yeah. know. Oh my gosh, he's in trouble. It's like it's no surprise to anybody. You know, so what's going on with him? I don't know because I don't know him. Uh, you know, uh, so uh, can he come back? He's still young enough to do anything. So it, it just, you know, he has to have a talk with them, with uh, somebody that cares about him and somebody he respects that can reach him, you know, or, or maybe he's had that talk already. Maybe he's on his way back. I don't know. I just know that no one is shocked at what's going on. No one. No one. What seems to me that's, that's crazy is like you work your whole life to get to a point where you don't have to prove yourself to people. And like 
you know, it seems like when you're coming up, you, you know, you you have a lot of insecurities because you don't know how good you are and, until you figure it out. Obviously, none of us do. Um, and then you have a lot of people bashing you and, you you know, you have a lot of people saying you can't do this. There's, there's more people saying you can't do stuff than there is saying you can do stuff. So I understand when you're coming up, you're trying to prove yourself and you're trying to show that you're the best. You're trying to show you're successful. You're trying to show that you're rich. You're trying to do these things. But it's what's weird to me and I don't understand and I just I wish I understood it more um, is when you got guys like I guess Connor's a better example. But Jones as well because Jones does make a lot of money. He's got he's got some decent money. He's got some great success. One of the potentially one of the greatest of all time, um, and, and maybe in most people's opinions, the greatest of all time. Um, it seems like Connor especially is so starved for that gratitude and attention of being the best and being the richest and being the. You would think by now of obtaining what they've obtained. I mean, he's the number one on the Forbes list. You got John Jones, who's his whole family successful. Every single brother that he's got is a freaking number one athlete in their own different sports. It's so weird to me that they're trying so hard to to signify, like the whole thing with John Jones and Habib. How upset John Jones was that Habib possibly was better than him or looked upon by anybody as being better than him really bothered him. It's like they've already proven that they're the you know, Connor's one of the most successful, you know, next to Habib, um, at being successful in, in all aspects, money, fame, everything. And then John being successful in the, in the, in the realm of being a good fighter and beating the best fighters and making a lot of money. What's left to prove? Why are these guys making such huge, huge, huge mistakes, like punching guys in bars and, and doing just dumb stuff to like drinking too much and, and, and doing crazy shit to prove themselves when they've already done it. It's statistically on paper. Like you've, you've kind of done it already. What is, what is there left to prove, you know? Well, I know this, you know, when you're talking about coaches, you know, uh, Winkle John, Greg Jackson, incredible yep. human beings, incredible coaches. So it has nothing to do with coaching and nothing to do with coaching. And they're not in charge of the man. The man's in charge of himself. So so this has nothing to do on the coaches. The only the coaches have to do is decide to stick with the guy or separate from the guy. Uh, Kavanaugh, same way. You know, he's, he appears to me like a great guy, great individual. So, you know, it's it's the it's the it's the individual himself to see the good guy or a bad guy or, you know, can change what he wants to be like or how he wants to be like. But I don't really look at the coaches need to reach out to these guys because we don't know what's going on, going on behind the scenes. For all right. we know, those coaches have done their best to try to steer their guy right. But, but you know, I've been in this situation where, you know, when the fighter's a champion, they're the champion, and it's almost like your your comments or your your advice is either taken or not taken. And in this particular case, I would think that uh, the coach's advices were not taken. But no. that's for the fighter to decide. That, you, you know, the coach can't make them take their advice or not take their advice. They can just advise. Are you using the coaches on purpose? Do you know the Do you know the new update as far as uh, Jackson Winklejohn basically kicked him out of the gym? Uh, yeah, I saw that, and and and, that, and that's is one of the reasons. That is one of the reasons why I bring it up because uh, you know Winkle John is is one hell of a human being, yeah. you know, and one hell of a coach. He's one of the best coaches out there in the game, and he's a very truthful guy. Greg Jackson's a very good friend. Yeah. Uh, every time I call him, he always picks up the phone and answers whatever I want to ask. Same with him. He calls me. I pick up. I pick up. But I, I, actually, I call him more than he's ever called me. But regardless, <laughs> you know, he, he's a great guy. Both of them both great individuals, both great coaches. And that's why I'm saying this because, you know, if people are judging, well, what's the coaches doing? Well, the, the coach is doing the right things. It's, yeah. it's the fighter. Don't blame the coaches. It's, it's the fighter, you know. In, the, in this particular case, you're talking about two individuals that are different. 
and, and, and they're being coached by different people, but they can't be controlled by the coaches. Uh, look, if Habib decided to act any way he wanted to act, don't be looking at me as, right. as well, why didn't Javier control him? I yeah. can't control Habib. He is who he is. You know, I can advise him. You know, I can give him my opinion, which I do. But he's going to, at the end of the day, he's going to do what he wants to do. Same with Kane, same with DC, same with Frank Shamrock, same same with all the guys that I've had, uh, you know, Luke, all of them. They, they, they do what they're going to do. Kung Lee, Josh Thompson. I mean, they all have their own path. Now, it's your job as a coach to put them in the right path, but it's up to them to decide what path they want. I think you think I was thinking, like, uh, do I blame the coaches when I was asking you because you've built so many guys? I didn't mean it quite like that. I don't mean uh, are, the, are the coaches at fault. I just mean considering you have so much experience watching, you know, obviously you, oh, taken away from the fact that you've coached these guys and made them successful, but you've watched so many guys become successful. I was just wondering your opinion on what, what makes someone spiral out of control considering we've only had – maybe a couple guys really spiral out of control and for the most part they haven't so like what are we doing different than some of these other 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 gyms or, or maybe just the people around them or on, on the fact that uh, i did have a couple of them in uh, on my case when they've been mad at me it's been a lack of attention to them right you know uh, lack of attention i it was uh, i i got my beef with some of my guys because i ignored them you know yeah. that was it you know i didn't give them the attention I used to, and I did it on purpose, and and the result was not favorable. So that was a lesson learned on my part that uh, you know, don't ignore. And yeah. I'm I'm good at ignoring people. I've done it for a long time. Do you agree with me on this? Do you think that like, because they always say it's once you get to the top, there's only one place to go but down. And do you do you agree with me that once you get to the top, and like like Connor was the face of the sport, and he was double champ, and all this kind of stuff, he was at the top of the top of the top of the top for a while there. You know, I mean, obviously, as far as especially uh, star power, notoriety, he still is very uh, much of a star. Um, but as he starts losing credibility and losing fights and getting knocked out, and the fans turning against him, and then John Jones not fighting being the champion, being the youngest champion, being a, such a dominant champion, and now all of a sudden it's like he can't, he's not fighting and he's the, the fans are turning against him. Do you think it's just like a, like they can't handle once they get to that top and they're looked upon as the best, they have to stay that way? And is this something that like you think everyone's going to – I mean, obviously, Habib is different, but do you think other people are going to face the same kind of problem? It's like you, you work so hard to get to the very top where you're, you're the best in the world and you're, you're undoubtedly this, 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 and this. Eventually, you're going to have to fall off of you're going to have to get old. You're going to have to lose fights. You're going to have to not be, you know, have some kind of incident. Do you think that's what it is? They're just unwinding because they're, they're just, they don't like hearing that kind of publicity or that kind of, uh, you know, uh, response considering that they were at this highest level. And then now, now they're getting treated a little different and they're, they're kind of falling down this, this, I guess, staircase. There, there, could, there could be something to what you're saying uh, because, you know, uh, all the negativity, that this come out of this is like, uh, you know, when they speak, it's always when somebody's talked about them as a higher than them. Then they start talking about, oh, how many times I defended, how many times I did this. And it's always they're, they're not happy when someone talks about somebody else's uh, accolades higher right. than theirs. Right. That's when they chime in. So, so you might have something there. I never really analyzed it or really thought much of it. But uh, you could be very correct on, on that, that they can't handle the negativity and therefore they lash out because they're used to being the at the very top of the top. And then when even though they may be still champions, but in people's eyes, they're not 
cream of the crop. So they lash out because the fans attack them. Yeah. And and they care about their fans. They really do. And I, and I I know for a fact that I want negativity when I do a post, when I get negativity. And I rarely do. But when I do, yeah. man, it's like <laughs> I, I've actually blocked a couple of people that they've been negative. And I'm going, like, oh, man. Well, I didn't say it as I block. I go, you know what? I don't want. I don't want to try to convince this person anything. He hates me. Block. So, yeah. I can imagine if I got tons of hate all the time, how it might alter my feelings and how I respond to people. So, yeah, you could be right. It could, I mean, that you're the other you're talked about here, and all of a sudden something happens. And somebody talked above you, and and you don't like it, and because they're talking bad about you, so. You know, so yeah, it's possible, very possible, because I, I have noticed that that uh, you know when people talk bad about that person, oh, you barely did this, you barely did that, and they regard someone pound for pound higher than you, you know, or or exactly are higher than yours, even though you're still champ, it doesn't sit well with them. So then they do on the, they go on a tirade where they start attacking, and then uh, as we've seen it, like you said, um, maybe maybe that yeah. there's something to that. It's weird because, like, I've done the whole thing before. Like, I haven't had a lot of negativity either. Um, I guess just I'm not that important to, for people to be <laughs> negative. They're usually pretty supportive. But, like, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm still on my way to success. Like, I'm, I'm far from where I want to be. And so I'm building success as I'm going. So, like, I've been in the position where you said uh, you had blocked people before. And it's funny because like when I block somebody for saying something like completely stupid or something dumb, I always end up unblocking them because I'm like, if I block them, they're not going to be able to like see what I'm going to do next and like how successful I could possibly become. And I'm like, that's not going to accomplish anything. So like I'll unblock them and then just like if they keep going on, I'll just keep deleting their shit because I'm like, I want them to see what's going to happen in like three years from now or four years from now because like that motivates me for some reason because I'm still working so hard to build success. You know, I'm not I'm not at the top or, or, or working my way down yet, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I block people. <laughs> I don't block too many. Don't get me wrong. It's like, it. I mean, I go months before blocking anybody. Yeah, I can imagine you don't. Hit a nerve. Just hit a nerve. Uh, I just blocked somebody. That, I made some comments about Jake Paul, and I meant them, <laughs> about how good I thought he was, because yeah. I'm friends with his coaches. Yeah. And they show me video of Jake Paul, and they show me his improvements, and, and they're flipping me off, calling me, calling me a clown, Yeah, calling him a clown. And I'm just like, man, this guy, okay, I like the Raiders. I like New Orleans. Yeah. Saints. Well, guess what? You're not going to convince this person to become a Raider fan. Right. It ain't going to happen. Right. So rather than do that, I'm going to block you because I'm not going to say, well, you know, no, I haven't. Why? It's like, I, you know, if someone likes the Raiders, someone likes New Orleans Saints, I'm going to stay on the Raider side or I'm going to stay on the Saints side. I'm not going to discuss anything with the with the Raider guy because I'm not going to get to him. And that that's where I'm starting to realize that you just can't reach these people. So don't, yeah, you know, don't, they're going to like who they're going to like and dislike who they're going to dislike, you know? So, I mean, in the past I would do it and I, and I'd convert 95% of them and they just starving for attention. They just want your attention. But when the guys are coming out, flipping you off with yeah, yeah. Disrespectful. And calling you a clown. Yeah. I don't think I want to respond to them. I think I'm just going to block you because you know what? You obviously, I got to try too hard, spend too much time trying to convince you that I'm not a bad guy. Um, let's just block your comments. Yeah. And the thing is too, like for me, it's like if, I never would block somebody or be upset about a critical, like where I did something actually wrong, or I feel like maybe they have a, a legitimate reason to hate me or be upset or whatever the case. But it's like, 
the people like what you said, the, the people that just don't even deserve to have air to breathe. Like they just, they literally have no point to go online except just to say the most absurd, ridiculous thing. Yeah. I enjoy taking away their platform because it's like they shouldn't have a, a voice at all. And if they make if they make a comment on one of my posts, everyone that sees my post is going to read their comment and that gives them a voice. So it's like in that in that regard, I like to take away their their voice completely because they don't deserve to yeah. have one. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. if they're going to be completely just douchebags about it. Yeah. Well, most of, like I said, most of my comments on, on, on my social media, I would say like really super 99.9% positive. So when I get a negative one, you know, I, you know, I don't want other people seeing all this negativity, especially when everybody's talking good about this individual or the comments, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, so uh, it does affect us. It does affect us. So if you're a superstar like those two are, um, and then they see all the negativity. It's got to affect them, you know. Yeah, of course. I think so. It affects me, and I don't, and I rarely ever get them. Yeah, uh, I got to ask you about this really fast, Hoff, because uh, he trained at AKA, and he's apparently lost his mind, and he's not to the level of the highest level guys in the sport or anything. But what is going on with Luis Pena? And I want to say this because. I had him on the podcast, and I had him on the podcast because he trained at AK. I thought he was kind of an AK fighter, or at least he trained at AK. And you mentioned to me after the podcast, you said he's not a, the guy that I, I think. He's not as great of a guy as I think. And you you had some words to say. So, like, you, you're not surprised, I suppose, by all the stuff that came out with the domestic abuse the other day. I just listened to the 911 call here a few minutes ago, and it was pretty rough. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Uh, uh, to me, he was fantastic, but you know what? Because I'm the head coach, and I was the owner of the gym, and there was no issue between him and I, but there was issues between him and other people where he did people in, you know, and uh, there was things he did that actually I was going to ask him to leave the gym because of wow. what he did to one of the fighters, and it wasn't cool what he did at all. So, uh, you know, if he has mental illness, then I hope he gets the help he needs, but um, I wasn't about to let what he did slide in my gym either so he left on his own but no one ever told me anything when i found out some of the things he did with the, his other little partner uh i would i actually would have asked him to leave my gym to be honest with you so he left on his own without me even knowing he left on good terms with me but he didn't leave on good terms with the other guys he he kind of he 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 did some stuff he shouldn't have done he you know one of the things i do know he did is he didn't pay the coaches he didn't pay any of the coaches and uh he apologized for that, and I talked to him about that part, and he said he'd take care of it, but he never did. He never did. So um, I, he, he's a troubled guy. He's a troubled guy, and, uh, you know, I, I he's a good enough guy, but he's got troubles, and if he's got mental illness, then, then I wish him the best. But, you know, if, if, if he's putting his hands on women, dude, you know, if you're sane, you get what you deserve. Yeah, and I think there's drugs and alcohol involved in that as well. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think those coaches are going to get their money back now. So, it's, so at least you can say you're you're not surprised uh, by by what what has happened because <laughs> I, I didn't no, think you would no, be. No, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not surprised based on the stuff I, I was told. And uh, you know, he seems to be a mess all the time. Even though, you know, like I said, I've had great conversations with him. I've never had a bad one. But I did have I did have talks with him about paying your coaches. Yeah, and you need to be responsible. They put in the time on you. You got to. You got it. And he, he agreed. He agreed and he apologized and he said he would take care of it. And I, that was it. That's all I, I that's the only only negative thing I've ever had with him. Other than that, you know, it's been nothing but positive. I liked him a lot and I actually still like him. I don't really know what went on, but but uh, I heard he's got mental mental uh, uh, health issues. So that's the case. I can't judge him too much. 
But if he doesn't have mental health issues and, and he beat on the uh, on his women like I heard, then what he gets what he deserves. You know, yeah. if you if there there's if you're sane and you're sane and you go on and, and knowing what a dangerous fighter he is and he goes and hurts a, a, a woman, you know, or a girl or any or somebody that's that's an innocent. To me, it's an innocent. Right. Then he deserves what he gets. He yeah. deserves what he gets because Absolutely. you you know you, you can't abuse that power you've been given. No, I agree with you 100. percent And uh, yeah, I mean the thing is, it's it's hard to judge people because there's always two sides of the story. So we'll see what happens and how it plays out. But it's not looking good. It's definitely not looking well, good. And and I knew you, you wouldn't be talking, surprised. You're talking about this scenario too. Uh, since you're talking about it, you think about Chuck Liddell. That and that's another one. It's another one. Yeah. You know? Jesus Christ. Yeah, How many and, situations? And, uh, Chuck Liddell is talking about a mental health issue. Same scenario and talking about how he'll find out. You guys will find out at the end that that they, that he had the police arrest him instead of her because one of them had to go. And he said, take me in because I, and he's the one with the bruises. So, you know, who knows? You know, I mean, so you just never know till both sides are out. But but I do know what I did tell you with Luis, that there, there was an issue with the, the pain, the coaches. And, and he apologized and he said he would take care of it, but he never did. That I do know. He never did. And there was something else he did do that I was going to ask him to leave the gym, but I never got to ask him because I didn't know about it and he had already left the gym. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, I'll say this about Chuck um, from knowing Chuck. It's like the, the thing is with Chuck is, you know, he may be as guilty as can be and, and, and just changed and became a horrible person. Who knows? But like, I'll say this. I don't I don't want to like assume because I don't know the story with this girl and I don't want to like put her down or, or take sides or anything. But I will say from what I know of Chuck, Chuck, I would be very surprised if he if he decided to just start being a domestic abuser and and doing this. I mean, I've seen Chuck do some wild stuff and be a crazy dude, but I've never seen him do something like that. So I have to say when he says what he said. I do believe that that's a, a very big possibility. He was just trying to end the situation and that he is not in that situation at fault as much as probably what everyone's thinking. Again, I hate judging and I, and I don't know the full story, but I've known Chuck for a long time and he's never struck me as the kind of guy that would do something like that. I, I would tend to go with what Chuck is saying. Uh, yeah. uh, the little bit I do know of him, he seems to be a very straight shooter. And guys like that, straight shooters, don't, don't F up anybody. He's never known to screw anybody. So I'm, I'm tending to believe what Chuck says. You know, yeah. I really am. You know, I mean, I like the guy. He's been nothing but respectful towards me since, since 20 years. You know, he's, he's a great guy. And still, I consider him a great guy. So I'm, I'm going to say that what he said has happened. It's, it's, it's uh, his wife that probably hit him and police were called. And one of them, because when that happens, a domestic dispute, they have to take one out. Right. And they have to separate. saying, take me. That's kind of sounds like something he would do rather it's a big thing to do spot. you know would, yeah that was me to be honest with you that was me and they were coming in they gotta take one in i do the same thing. yeah it's take a big me. thing to do take me i would never never allow them because i'm the man you know yeah. and, and and if the police were called and etc etc but i'm the one with, with the bruises because for my wife I, I i would do the same thing he did it's like no no you're not taking her take me I, right. so i believe him i believe him yeah I do too, 100%. Um, so speaking of Jake Paul, because uh, you just mentioned that, um, he's fighting a real boxer now. I mean, he's fighting Tommy Fury, and Tommy Fury is 7-0, four knockouts. I mean, this is a legit boxer. You know that he has good boxing skills and potential because you've seen the videos. You, you know his management. You, you 
give me your take on this. What's going to happen? Because he's actually, for the first time in a while, even against fucking Tyron Woodley, um, he's actually coming out as an underdog in this fight against uh, Tommy Fury. What what are we going to see? Are we going to see him be able to last against a real boxer, especially of that caliber, 7-0 and undefeated? Or are we going to see, like, what are we going to see? Are we going to be, uh, you know, just, just tell me what we're going to see in general, how it's going to go. Are we going to be impressed? Or is he going to get exposed? Or is he not ready for that level? Or is he going to surprise everyone? Well, I, I, I think, okay, if you really study boxing, you see with Tyron uh, Woodley, uh, you know, Woodley, Woodley would technically look better. You know, he just wasn't active enough. Yeah. And, and that's kind of, to be True. honest with you, that's kind of one of the, the uh the items that uh not the items but one of the things that his coaches knew they knew that that he he doesn't he doesn't pull the trigger he's yeah. just cautious and, and they counted he, on you that you know he'd come out there and, and he he got hit with a good left hook when he was going good then he stopped stopped his action so they knew that 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 uh, woodley doesn't put enough pressure unless he's got a good opportunity he'll wait you know he'll wait he'll wait uh tommy fury He's not going to wait. He's no, coming. He's so, coming. Yeah. Uh, we'll <laughs> he see what him. happens. Also, too, one of the biggest things that people don't understand, and you will understand because you you fought and you know what it's like. You know that was the first time that uh, that uh, you know Jake Paul has fought with that many people in attendance. Okay, now you're the main event and you're fighting a legit, you know, uh, Hall of Famer. You know who is still a badass. Yeah, in front of eighteen thousand people. It's tough. You know what you're going through, the nerves you're going yeah. through, and and how and don't, you know, things are going to be given out on you. Everything that that guy, poor guy, went through, he went through, and nobody realizes that that he was going through a hell of a lot, and he still prevailed. Yep. He because Woodley should have took him out. Yep. And he almost did. He just but he stopped because he got hit with that left foot. You know, so Woodley stopped because he he knew okay, I don't want to get stupid and get knocked out. You know, uh, but what I'm saying is. Uh, the next time you see uh, Jake Paul, he should be better because he's he's gonna get he's past the nerve stage. I know it happened to me. You know when, when the, my my first fight to my last fight was like wow. Everybody, yeah. You want to be there. You learn to deal with the nerves, but man, Jake Paul's been thrown in the limelight right away. He's Absolutely. been put in front of all these the people in the head main event. You know the last time was not to me the same because the crowd wasn't there. This time the crowd was there, so I, I think I had a big impact on him. This is what I think, and and I think he wasn't relaxed enough, and I think it cost him because he made a comment about his legs were gone. You know, wow. his legs were gone, and I said, oh, okay, I already knew what it was from. You said that, I already knew. He's never been exposed to that kind of pressure. Right. Like a lot of people, they think, oh, you. yeah, you know, it's just fighting, it's fighting. No, it's not. You know, tell somebody to go out there and sing or, or do public speaking in front of 18,000 people, see what happens to them, shit their pants, piss all over themselves, can't even utter a word. It's crazy. Have somebody put pressure on them while they do it, and then and then yeah. and try and like and, yeah. and jumble them up and everything. Yeah. That's ten times worse. Yeah, so, it, it's so draining. No, I, Woodley's already experienced that. He's he's experienced yeah. all that crowd. He's experienced that, so it didn't phase him at all. Yeah, you know, but, it's true. but Jake Good Paul, point. that was his first foray into that kind of people main eventing, and and now you have a legit badass against you. Because come on, man, Woodley's a badass. Yeah, you know, and if they fought again, I don't know what would happen. You know, Woodley might knock him out. Might not knock him out. I don't know. I just know Woodley didn't fight proper. He, yeah. he he needed to do more of an output. But I also know Jake Paul lost his legs. And I know why he lost his legs. Because, you know, he wasn't used to that. And I know this. He's going to be a lot better the next time out. And uh, Tommy Fury, I, I, I don't 
think very much of him. You know, I think he's okay. You know, he's definitely not his brother. <laughs> I think the greatest, the brother might very well be the greatest heavyweight of all time. His brother's you know? crazy, yeah. He's totally on track, <laughs> you know, but I don't, I don't know about his brother. You know, if he, I don't know if he's the same, same as, as, as big brother, you know, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. You know, I mean, you did hear say Big Brother say if he loses to Jake Paul, he's going to take his name away from him. So that's how much he, he feels about, yeah. you know, Jake Paul. They don't think Jake Paul's that good. But I think they'll be shocked that uh, Jake Paul is fairly good. And this is more likely where he belongs, you know, in yeah. the, the pro range. Somebody that's a decent boxer, not great boxer. You know, Tommy Fury, he's still a, he's still he's still learning the craft, you know. Yeah. He's still learning the craft. He's not... He's not a seasoned, uh, you know, veteran by any means, and he, and he's not a champion uh, by any means. And, he, and and whether he's a champion or not, this uh, fighting Jake Paul isn't going to prove he's on his road to being the champion. He still needs more experience. Yeah. So what do you what do you think is going to happen? Who's going to win this fight? I can't go against Jake Paul because those are my buddies. So uh, <laughs> you got to go, with Jake. Paul. I, 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 I just that's what I do when I know somebody. I, yeah. I stick to my friends, even though they may not win. I, I'm going to go with Jake Paul. Yeah, but he may not win. But I, I'll go with Jake. Well, you've never, you've been my friend, and you've never left my corner, no matter how bad I was losing. So I appreciate that <laughs> as a fighter. Yeah, I, I can't I can't go against my friends, and you know, uh, you know, Jacob Chavez and, and uh, you know, BJ Flores, they're my friends, and uh, whoever it is, I hey, if they, if Jake Paul fights him a hundred times, and he's probably going to lose a hundred times, I'm going to go with uh, Jake Paul a hundred times to win yeah. because those guys are my guys. Well, I'll say you, you made a very interesting point. I, I think you can go back and look at the fight, and, and, and you can definitely say in the Tyron Woodley fight, Tyron should have won the fight, and Tyron could have won the fight, but Tyron didn't win the fight. I mean, that's just the way it is. It, it's one of those fights where we watched it, and he should have won the fight, but he didn't. And, and that's, that's saying something good about Tyron, but it's also saying something bad about Tyron, more bad about the Tyron than good, actually. But it's also saying something good about Jake because Jake won an unwinnable fight because when you say Tyron should have won the fight, that means he looked better. He was better. He was more experienced. He had he had every single attribute going into this fight, including the experience and the the nerve handling and the the crowd and everything to win the fight. But he didn't fucking win the fight, and 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 he didn't win the fight not by a crazy knockout or by a fluke or something. By he legitimately didn't win the fight, and so that that tells you that there's something. You know, there's a lot of things with fighters that you you know I'm sure that you can you you can uh, agree with me. There's a lot of things with fighters you can't describe that give them uh, an an adv advantage or a disadvantage in a fight, and I say that gives. Uh, Jake Paul an advantage the fact that he went out there and beat an un, not an unbeatable but I'm just saying a, a fight that, that when even when you look at after the fight he should have still lost the fight you know it's not like you watched it afterwards and you're like wow he destroyed him you know Jake Paul should have lost that fight you're correct you're correct Jake Paul should have lost that fight should have yeah, lost that but fight but he didn't because uh, uh, Woodley with all his experience and his abilities uh, should have went out there and, and took care of business and he didn't and it was because I'm telling you uh, his, his corner because I was in on it. I was. They told me and they told me everything and we talked about it and and, and they knew. They studied every scenario and, and they studied the fact that he doesn't pull the trigger. You know and uh, yeah. and they probably put that in Jake's head. You know, come back at this guy. He hits you or something. Get going. Come back because you know you can't because you. I've seen Woodley fight so many times. When he's on the money, you can't stop him. Yeah, he's a but beast. But you got to stop him before he gets on the money. You right. know, once he's on the money, he's he's an unstoppable machine. He really is. He really is. But once you put a like a hesitation, like there's a potential danger, he kind of holds off. 
Yeah. And, and that's what I had that conversation with those guys that, 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 yeah, he does do that, you know, and sure enough, that's what he did, you yeah. know? And again, if they fought again, which I think if they did fight again, I think there would be interest, you know, um, who knows what will happen, but you'll see, you'll definitely see a better version of both. You know, you'll definitely see Tyron come in a lot more aggressive, you know, but also you're going to see Jake Paul up another level. Now the nerves are going to be gone and dealing with that, that amount of people there and dealing with someone of his level. Cause that was the first time he actually fought. Let's face it. He actually fought a real fighter. Yeah. This is his first fight. I guess a, legit, a real striker. Yeah. You know, Woodley, Woodley, or, or Woodley at least a guy who trains really, really the striking. Good. I was impressed. Yeah. I was impressed with the way he looked. He just didn't do enough output. Yep. No, I agree. Um, and it looks like we got through the podcast. Um, so here's what's going to happen, Hav. So you're probably going to look like a South Park character. And what we're going to do is we're just going to have your mouth and we're just going to move it up and down the whole time because your, your video wasn't so clear, but your audio <laughs> was clear. We're going to blame it on Dubai, I guess. Well, let's not do Skype in Dubai anymore. It doesn't appear to work. How did well. it work every other time we've done it? I've di I did it with every single guy. It, all the all the Russian guys or all the, the Russian speaking guys, all the, the team, uh, the Eagles guys you multiple times how did we do it every other time i don't understand uh, i don't know and I'm, I'm about to get a new computer i think that's what it is i'm just gonna blame it on the computer <laughs> blame the computer all right Hob. well thanks thanks for uh thanks for doing the podcast i appreciate it sorry that the they didn't come out perfect but i think it came out great and we had a great conversation the audio was crystal clear that most people listen anyway they're not sitting there staring at our mouths so i don't think it's going to matter and uh good luck with uh islam zuba and tahir and uh hope everything's working out i'll stay in touch with you and uh we'll, right. ca we'll catch up again uh right before the fight or right after the fight uh and talk about okay. talk about break it down a little bit talk about what happened good what, what went right what went according to plan what didn't go according to plan and everything else got it done all right Hob, you take care have a good day and i will talk to you soon okay man bye